Hello, my name is Jacob Gray, and I am the pastor at 10 Mile Baptist Church. I want to thank you for joining us for our online services. We believe, whether online, in person, or through missionaries around the world, that we are called to take the gospel message of Jesus Christ to the end of the earth. And we know that it is hard sometimes to check out a church for the first time, whether in person or online. If you'd like to know more about our church, you can learn more at 10milebaptistchurch.org or any one of our many social media outlets. We are so glad that you are here, and we hope that you enjoy today's sermon. Morning, and you would. Find the book of Matthew with me. First book of the New Testament, Matthew the sixth chapter. And after you're finding that, I'd like to read two cards to you this morning. <clears throat> First says, 10 Mile Baptist Church Family. Thank you for the beautiful flowers and food you provided all our family during this difficult time. Your presence and prayers are appreciated. And that is from the Amanda Haynes family and her mother, Brenda. There's also another card that says, 10 Mile Church Family, we cannot begin to thank you enough for the wonderful gift that we received from you. We are so blessed to have such a wonderful, loving caring church family. We love all of you and our church. And that is from Pam and Stephen McPhee. And so as always, I just want to thank you for loving people um, like you do. Uh, today, I want you to know that as we start this new year, I had a, uh, a four-part series all planned and figured out. And then uh, Friday, the Lord said, I have a sermon that I want you to put in front of that. Uh, four-part series for the new year because, well, he's the Lord and he knows what you need and, um, and what I need. And so the series that we're going to be starting today is called Yes, Lord. And it's not titled, Yes, Lord is going to give me everything I want. It is from the Senate, the perspective of it's time for us to say, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, to whatever you ask of us as an individual Lord, whatever you ask of me, my answer is going to be yes. As a family, whatever the Lord asks of us, the answer is going to be yes. As a church, whatever the Lord asks us, the answer is going to be yes. And you say, well, Jake, that's a kind of a hard thing to do in the middle of a year where we were just finishing up, having an entire year of being told what? No, you can't go out to eat. You can't go into Walmart without a mask on. You, you, can't, you can't live and go on vacation. You can't play sports. You, you can't. And so I really feel like some of us have gotten this idea that because God has, has, has allowed this to go on, that he wants us to now begin to say no to everything. And I am not saying today, as we start this series, the first title of the sermon is Worry Less. That's two words, all right? Not like sinless, but worry less. And uh, today I really believe that worry is destroying our families, our relationships with the Lord, our church. Now, I want to be clear today that if you go stand in the highway for an hour and say, Lord, I believe I can stand here and I'm not worried about getting hit by a car, most likely, guess what's going to happen to you? You're going to get hit by a car. Now, the Lord can do miraculous things. I believe that. But it's like the Bible says, right, that bad company 
corrupts. Yes, there will be times when you as a Christian spending time with lost people all the time that you will reach them. But most of the time, what happens is when we surround ourselves with ungodly people, what happens? We begin to act ungodly. And so I don't want you to hear this that you shouldn't worry or never going to worry, but that you should, as a growing Christian, be worrying less. And so uh, I want to just read a couple stats to you this morning because I believe it's overwhelming. Anxiety disorders are the most common issue in the United States affecting our mental health. 40 million adults, or 18% of the population. So if there are 100 of you here this morning, 18 are struggling with worry, anxiety, discouragement, and depression. It goes on to say, not only does that affect adults, but anxiety affects 25% of children ages 13 to 18. And so if there are 10, 13 to 18-year-olds in this today, 25% of them are struggling with this thing. And so today I really want you to hear this, that I believe before we can move forward in our walk with the Lord, before we can move forward in serving Him, we have to learn that it's time for us to trust Him. And so if you would stand this morning out of reverence to reading the Word of God, we're going to start in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 25. The Word of God says these words, Therefore I say to you, do not... Okay, three of you got that. It says there, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more what? Value than they. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you, about clothing, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow? They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was arrayed like one of these. Now if God so closes clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not about tomorrow, for tomorrow will about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Pray with me. Father, today as we come, Lord, I, I have no idea uh, what specifics you are trying to accomplish today, or Lord, what is going on in the lives of your people, but God, I I believe this is the word that you have for us today. So, Father, I pray that it would be effective, that your spirit would use it, 
for your glory, and Lord, that you would truly allow us to see what it looks like to trust you. Lord, for those that are here today or watching online that don't know you and are literally looking at this already and saying it's impossible to have that kind of faith. It's impossible to have that kind of trust. Lord, I pray that today would be the day you would convict them of their sin, save them, and bring them into a relationship with you that you might teach them what it means to trust in you. And Father, I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And so if you're taking notes this morning, and I hope that you do, uh, write this down. We don't need to worry about our needs. We don't need to worry about our needs. Look what it says there in verses 25 through 31. It talks about drinking and eating and what you're going to wear. And it's the basics of lives, right? What you need to survive. And you say, well, Jake, you don't need clothes to survive. No, but I'm glad that people wear them. Amen? And, uh, and you go live outside in the middle of winter, you're going to need a coat. And so it's this idea of the basic necessities of life, that you have to eat, that you have to be clothed, that you need these things, and God knows that you need them. And I want to be specific today because I believe our church, our families, and us as individuals all struggle with worrying about a couple really big things that hinder us from being who God wants us to be. And the first one is, I believe that we worry about the future. You see, this morning I know where I'm at. I'm in church. One of my favorite places to be in the whole world is right here with you. I know that. I'm here. The heat's on. The fellowship is pretty good. And this morning I know that things are good. They're not perfect, but they're good. You know, I'm not in a hospital. I'm not sitting with a sick child at home or things like that. And so right here, right now, things are well. You see, right in the moment, we're okay usually because in the moment, we know what's going on. But when you start to talk about tomorrow or you start to talk about this afternoon, the Bible says we don't know. You have no idea if you're going to make it to the restaurant after church today. You have no idea. You have no idea if tomorrow God's going to wake you up from your sleep. You have no idea what kind of family drama might unfold, how secure your job is. And so the Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, we just read it, in verse 34, to listen to these words. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. The Bible says that trouble is going to happen to you pretty much at all throughout your whole life. You're going to face difficulties, challenges, struggles. And so all you can do is face the challenges that you're in at the moment and fight the battles of tomorrow, tomorrow. I believe that we struggle with this as Christians. We struggle with it as parents. We struggle with it as a family. Think about this. Most of you today know how much money's in your bank account. But you're looking forward here in just a couple days for that extra money to come in. Don't even get me started on that whole debate because you won't like my answers to it. But anyway, um, that's what you're looking forward to. Some of you are thinking, hey, I've got bills that I've got to pay. I've got, I've got, I've got all this stuff that I spent on Christmas that I probably didn't need. And, and so I've got to pay it off now. And, and so this is really going to help. 
And so it's giving you a peace, but what if that doesn't come? What if something happened that money doesn't show up? How devastated you will be. Think about your health. Some of you are healthy and you, and you are, are, are able to do what you want, but what happens if you woke up tomorrow and that health was gone? You see, most of us trust in the things that we can control. But tomorrow is something that you have no control over. And so I believe it hinders us from serving God. What will our marriage be like after our kids are out of the house? I don't know, but I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a long time, but what, what's my job going to be like if that supervisor that is good to me is moved? What's it going to be like for us in church in, in five years, in two years, in, in ten years? You see, the future worries us. But you need to know that God knows the needs of yourself, your family, and your church for tomorrow. First thing I think we worry about the most is the future. The second thing I think we worry about as believers is what other people think of us. And I know what you're saying. Some of you just in that moment say, I don't care what anybody thinks about me. You're not being honest. Uh, I don't want my conservative friends to think I'm liberal. Some of you might be thinking, I don't want my liberal friends to think I'm conservative. Some of you might be thinking, well, well, I don't care what people think about me, but I sure would hate for them to know everything that I think. Now, that was a little quick, but you'll get that later. Right? My children have all been uh, received cameras at some point. Uh, they record. Some of them are on watches. Some of them are on big play cameras. And we had to explain to our littlest two that you cannot take pictures when someone's in the bathroom. Now, that might not seem like a big deal, but it's a big deal. You say, well, I don't understand why someone, a two-year-old doesn't understand <laughs> that there's time to take pictures and not to take pictures, right? You don't want to see a picture of me on Facebook without my shirt on. It's never happened, in, and it hopefully never will. But I'm going to lie, I don't want to see a picture of you without your shirt on on Facebook either. And so it's really fun in games until something happens. The one thing about having little children is all your secrets are revealed. And, uh, and I can tell you story after story of sitting around a, a dinner table on Sunday night at a restaurant. One of my kids say, did you know this? And I sit there and think, oh, oh. And you know, that's embarrassing, but it's not near as embarrassing if you knew everything that I thought or everything that you thought was known to me. And so I want you to know what the Bible says in Galatians chapter 1. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still pleased men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. You see, you and I have got to get over this worry of what people think about us and worry about what God thinks about us. Did you know that to some people, you will always be the mistakes that you've made? But that's not the case with God. You say, well, Jake, I lost my temper one time and, and, uh, and cussed someone out in public. Well, you know what? To some people, you'll always be that person. But to God, if you'll ask for forgiveness, you're forgiven. To some people, you'll always be a drunkard because you got drunk one time. It's what they'll know of you. Do you remember that time they got drunk at that wedding or at that reception or whatever it was? But God says, if you ask for forgiveness, you're forgiven. 
Some people will always think you're a liar, always think you're a cheat, always think you're this. But what you need to remember is this. God says that He is willing to forgive and to forget your sins. Doesn't matter what the community thinks about you. Doesn't matter what your church family thinks about you. It matters what God thinks about you. And if you've asked for forgiveness and God has forgiven you, you let other people keep the baggage that they are carrying about you. That was extremely good, but that's okay. You let other people carry the baggage that they're carrying about you. I don't know if you know this, I got my own baggage to carry. I don't want to be carrying yours. And so today I want you to hear that, that worry about what other people think about you, whatever people feel about you, what other people say about you, will completely and totally rob you of joy. It'll rob you of peace. It'll rob you of the ability to serve God. Because you'll always be saying, well, I would serve God, but, but don't you know about my mistakes? Don't you know about my failures? You see, God knows what we need in every area of our life. Not only in the future, but in our relationships. You see, I know that this is something that some of you would say, well, I'm, I'm a loner, I don't want any relationships at all. All of us at least want one relationship, right? All of us at least want someone to be there for us when our health fails, right? Or we're struggling and we need somebody. Whether it's a spouse, a child, a parent. And the Bible says these words about Proverbs 12, verse 26. The righteous should choose his friends carefully, for the way of the wicked leads them astray. You see, the people that you're worried about and, and concerned about and what they think about you are not going to be there for you anyway when you really, really need it. One of my favorite old songs was sung by Howard and Vestal Goodman, and I want to read to you the lyrics, and it's called, I Don't Regret a Mile. And it goes on to say these words. I've dreamed many a dream that's never come true. I've seen them vanish at dawn. But enough of my dreams have come true to make me keep dreaming on. I've prayed many a prayer that seems no answer would come. Though I waited so patient and long. But enough answers have come to my prayers to make me keep praying on. I've sown many a seed that's fallen by the wayside for the birds to feed upon. But I've held enough golden sheaves in my hands to keep me sowing on. I've trusted many a friend that's failed me and left me to weep alone. But enough of my friends have been true blue to keep me trusting on. I've drained a cup of disappointment and pain and gone many a day without a song. But I've sipped enough nectar from the low roses of life to make me want to live on. And it finishes like this. And I don't regret a mile that I've traveled for the Lord. I don't regret the times that I've trusted in His Word. I've seen the years go by many days without a song. But I don't regret a mile that I've traveled for the Lord. And you see, friends, that's what you've got to get to in your life. That you're going to face disappointments, heartaches, betrayal, discouragement, but yet God is worth it. 
the faithfulness of God, the trustworthiness of God is everything that you need. And if you're not willing to give Him that, you will never be able to serve Him faithfully. You'll never be able to have that peace and that joy that God wants you to have. Regardless of the circumstances, God knows what you need. And The second thing I want to show you is don't worry about your needs, but you don't have to worry about the provider for your needs. Look what it says there in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 32 through verses 34. For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. You say, Jake, that's a really wonderful sermon about not worrying, not worrying, not worrying. But it's a whole other thing when you put it into practice. And I want to give you just a few ways that you can put it into practice. Really living a life with worrying less. The first one is this. Don't worry. He is able. You see, the reason that I worry is usually because I am doubting the lack of ability. Lack of ability. If you've ever had a run-in with a bad doctor, you usually find a new one, right? Because you don't like the one that you've had. He didn't give me good advice. He, he wasn't able to do the right kind of surgery. And so most of us, when that happens, we look for a new doctor. Why? Because we do not doubt, we do not trust in the ability of the one who is supposed to help us. But in John 14, verse 1, the Bible says these words, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Jesus doesn't say, believe in yourself to speak positivity. Jesus doesn't say, you can believe in yourself to be a better you. He doesn't say, believe in yourself to accomplish more. He says, believe in me. He doesn't even say, put all your hope and faith in believing in your wife. You ought to be thankful for your spouse. You ought to love and treasure your spouse. You ought to know the blessing that they are to you. But never put your hope and faith in them. Because they're going to falter. They'll make mistakes. They'll do things to make you think it would have been better to live on the corner of the roof of my house than in the home of a contentious wife. It'll happen. You say, oh, it won't happen to us. You've not been married very long. There'll be days when you will honestly think, I love you and I'm going to stay with you, but if I could get away with it, I might murder you. Hopefully you've never thought that that is a joke, all right? But seriously, so many times we put all of our hope and faith in our significant others that when something happens to them or when we struggle in our marriage, then our lives are shattered. That's not saying that life-shattering events don't happen. But God is the one who is able. That's why the Bible doesn't say to put your faith in a pastor. If you're, if you're trusting in me to, to solve all of your problems or never to fail you or never to make a mistake, you are going to be sadly disappointed. And you probably already have been sadly disappointed. 
If you're expecting to find a church that is perfect, that is able to meet all of your needs, that's not what Jesus said. He said, if your heart is troubled, let it not be troubled. And why should it not be troubled? Believe in Him. He is the one who can answer your prayers. He is the one who can care for you. He is the one that can save your children. He is the one that can heal your sickness. He is the one who can take care of the issues of your life. Second way you can put this into practice is this. Don't worry because he cares. You see, it's one thing to be able to do something. It's another thing if someone cares enough to do it. You see, Bill Gates has enough money and um, uh, the guy that owns Amazon has enough money to give all of you enough money to provide your needs. They got more money. Those two men, than I think 30% or something like that of all the people in America. But they're not willing to give it to you. And you see, this is the great truth. God is not only able, but he is willing. He is able and he is willing. And so many times we really believe that God is able, but we don't believe he's willing. Why would God care about someone like me? I'm not wealthy. I'm not talented. Why would God have a purpose and plan for my life? I've failed him so many times. I've struggled. I've faltered. But in Matthew 6, verse 30, we just read it. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? He says the grass, it grows and it dies. And in that day and time, if it would have been uh, uh, crops, it would have just been burnt, it got rid of. And he says, if God cares so much about that, which ends up being destroyed, how much more will he care about you and I who will live with him forever? You see, I am married to my wife. I love her, I care about her, but I've got to be willing to continue to work on it. You see, that's the great question I have for you today is, even if you are struggling not with, is God able, do you really believe that God's willing? Some of you today don't believe God is able or willing. I've heard people say it before. Jake, you, know, you just don't know them people like I do. You just don't know how bad they really are. Jake, you just don't understand what they've done to me. You're right, I probably don't. But I know a God who's able. I know a God who's able to save anybody, to change any life, to forgive any sinner. But I can promise you today, there's probably someone that came to your mind when I said that. They're just too far gone. They've just done too much. But God says he is able. And I believe some of you today really believe that God is able, but just don't believe that he's willing. And I don't know whether, what it, what's causing that today. I'm, I'm not a prophet. I don't, have, I don't have that gift to be able to walk up to you and say, that sin that you committed 17 years ago on the 31st day of December, God says you're forgiven. I, that's not my gift. But I'm telling you that if God has forgiven you, you've got to believe him. And today, if you really are allowing that guilt and struggle to keep you from trusting him, you need to know that God cares and is willing. And the third one is, I want to teach you the only time 
that you should worry. The only time that you should worry is unless you won't worry. Don't miss this. The only time that you should be worried is when you won't stop worrying. You see, the Bible says these words this morning in Proverbs 12, verse 25. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. And so don't worry unless you're worried. You see, worry is going to lead to more trouble. And so today, the only reason you should be worried is because you're worried. If today you'll call on the name of the Lord and give it to Him, there's nothing to worry about. There's no problem, no discouragement, no situation that God cannot cover. But if you will not give God your worry, that anxiety is going to lead to worse. You say, Jake, I just can't overcome this depression and discouragement in my life. It started with the worry. Don't miss that. It started with the worry. My being overweight did not start with this. It started with this. Sandwich after sandwich after sandwich. And friends, what the Bible says is anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. And so today, whether it's your marriage, that worry of your children, that worry of the future, friends, it is going to lead to bigger problems. As a church, we cannot control what other people do. We cannot control what the world says about us. We cannot control about the things that are coming. But what we can not do is worry about it because we will be so depressed in the generation to come that we forget that God is still saving people in the generation to come. We get so discouraged about what we see in our country that we forget that God is still God of this country. We remember and need to be reminded that anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. But a good word makes it glad. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says it like this, Casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. Now, I don't know if you heard that or not, but I want to really slow down for just a second. It says there in verse 7, now, this is a big word. I want you to, I know that it's a struggle if you went to McLeansboro, but casting, what is that next word? So it says casting some, right? It says casting your financial cares to the Lord, but not your family cares. It says cast your family cares, but not your church cares. No, it says casting all. I know there's some disagreement, but all means all or every part of. So if you have a pie that has four pieces, all means all four pieces of the pie. And so what he says is, Regardless of what area of your life, what the struggle is, he says, cast it on him. I say this all this morning because I really believe there are people in this church today that God is really wanting to use in this new year. After a year of discouragement and no 
and can't and you shouldn't and we won't. You need to say, yes, Lord. Lord, I'm willing to forgive that person. I'm willing to love that person. I'm willing to help that person. I'm willing to go where you send me. Because Philippians chapter 4, and this is the last thing this morning, says these words. Be anxious for nothing. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't figured this out yet. In November, I got real anxious. Real anxious when the election didn't go the way I thought it should. I got real anxious this last week when I was worried that the government was going to spend my entire children's fortune. I get real anxious when I talk to my children and they start asking questions about salvation. Are they ready? Are they not ready? Are, are they too young? Are they not too young? I start getting anxious sometimes when, when I get a phone call at 5.30 at night and says, your 99-year-old church member fell and broke her hip. I don't know if you know this or not, but it's pretty hard to come over a broken hip. So I just want you to know that I'm not telling you that I have this figured out. What I'm telling you is this, that if you don't give it to God, you will never be able to be who he wants you to be. And we as a church will never be able to be who God wants us to be. And so he says, be anxious for nothing, but in Everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the, that's a big word that I really want you to get this morning. The, of God, not the peace of this world, not peace that depends on circumstances, not the peace that, that depends on how well you're getting along in marriage. Not the peace of how well you suck up to your boss at work and he treats you good. The peace of God. The peace that surpasses what? All understanding. How in the world can things be going the way they're going and God still being in charge? And God says, you don't have to understand it. I know what I'm doing. How you can lose something that you never thought you would lose. Be betrayed by someone you never thought you'd be betrayed by. Do something you never thought you could do. And God says, don't worry. I've got it all taken care of. Which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and mind. Did you not just hear what it said a few minutes ago in the book of Proverbs? That anxiety in the heart. And God says, I'll protect your heart. And your minds through Christ Jesus. Because why? The Bible says, as a man so thinketh, man is. And so God says, if you want him to protect your mind, your heart. Is that me? <laughs> I didn't know if someone ate beans last night or what out there in the pew. I thought, man, it's like a trumpet going on out there. But uh, you have to understand something. God is willing to protect your heart and your mind, and your life, but you've got to quit worrying. And you've got to quit doubting that he is who he says that he is. And so this, this next month, we're going to be looking at how we should be a worshiping church, a working church, a witnessing church, but none of those things matter if we don't stop being a worrying church, a worrying family, and a worrying individual.
Now, please don't think that I expect you to go around licking doorknobs. That's not what I'm saying this morning. All right, please don't do that, all right? I'm not telling you to eat off the bathroom floor, all right? I'm not telling you to jump off the top of a building and have no cares. That's not what I'm telling you today. But friends, if you let worry control your mind and your heart, you'll accomplish nothing for God. And if we do not allow the peace and understanding of God to lead, guide, and direct this church, we will never accomplish anything for the Lord. So pray with me this morning. Father, we thank you so very, very much for who you are. And Lord, I don't, I don't understand why you wanted this sermon to be first. Lord, maybe I am struggling with anxiety and worry, and it was for no one else other than me. Father, I just pray this morning that as I have spoke, Lord, I have, I have honored you in the examples and thoughts and discussion that we have had. But Lord, I do pray this morning that you would speak to your people. Lord, it's your spirit who does the speaking and the working. And so, Father, whether it's a worry about a family member, worry about a marriage, worry about the future, worry about other people, Lord, whatever it is that your people today would say, God, I know I struggle with this, but I'm going to bring it and lay it at your feet today, Lord. And I pray that in this new year, you help me to trust you more. Father, today I pray for that lost man, woman, boy, or girl who is listening to this sermon saying, it's not even possible. This is not possible in the chaos and, and trouble of this world. So Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would right now begin to convict that person and show them that you are trustworthy. Lord, that you died upon the cross for their sin and for mine, that you were buried and that you rose again, Lord, to conquer sin and death and the grave. That for a world who is so uncertain and doesn't understand death, that I as a Christian Lord know that when this life is over, absent from the body is present. Father, I pray that you would work and move in a mighty way in this church today for your glory. And Lord, I ask it all in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. We just would like to thank you for watching today's sermon, and we pray that it has been a blessing and an encouragement in your walk with Jesus Christ. Today, as you have been listening to this sermon, maybe you have been thinking, the Holy Spirit's been working, that I'd like to know more about Jesus. I'm not sure if I've ever been saved. Please reach out and contact us. We would love to share the gospel with you, pray with you with whatever's going on in your life, or maybe you are a believer, but yet you've got some spiritual battles that you've just not been able to conquer. We'd love to join you in that battle. So please, reach out to us. We would love and are waiting to hear from you. May God richly bless you in Jesus' name.